This is Ethan, and I'm here with Dave, and together we are Dave and Ethan's 2,000-inch Weird Al podcast, episode 203-inch. On this episode, we interview Dan Butts, the production designer from Weird the Al Yankovic Story, who has extensively worked with Weird Al, as well as many other comedy legends throughout his career. It's Dave and Ethan's 2,000-inch Weird Al it's a podcast about Weird Al. Seriously, the whole podcast is about Weird Al. You don't have to listen, but we're glad you are. Hello, 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 Ethan. How is it going? Oh, hey, Dave. Everything's great. Thanks for asking. How are you doing? Did you get a haircut? You look really nice. Is that a new shirt? No, I've seen that shirt before. Well, thank you, Ethan. I'm actually doing really great because we heard a lot of awesome feedback on our interview with the great Jamie Kennedy, who, of course, is the editor for Weird the Al Yankovic Story. Oh, it's been so great hearing from everyone. And our friend and listener, filmmaker Eddie Schmidt, had this to say over on X or Twitter or whatever they're calling themselves these days. He said, this is one of the best talks I've heard about how an editor works. Huge respect for editors. I even used to be one. And this really spotlights craft and technique. Wow, those are very high compliments. Thank you so much for sharing that, Eddie. We've got yet another great interview coming up this episode, but first, let's jump to what's happening in Weird Al Related News! This past week, the episode of Disney XD's animated series, Haley's On It, featuring Weird Al, has finally aired. Yes, it's episode 15 of season one, and the first section is called The Fart of War, and the second one, the one that features Al, is called Who Let the Dogs Out? In the episode, Weird Al plays the role of a very Willy Wonka-esque potato chip factory owner named Chip Dingle. Truly the role Weird Al was born to play. Someone addicted to spuds with the last name Dingle. This episode is brought to you in part by vegan burrito restaurant Burrito Burrito, home of the two-pound double-wrapped in a quesadilla Burrito Burrito and Wizard Burger in Albany, New York. Come on down to Burrito Burrito and Burrito Burrito, your Burrito Burrito and Wizard Burger for mouth-watering, loaded, dare I say beefy, vegan burgers. From Albany to Uranus, Burrito Burrito and Wizard Burger feed the hungry with out-of-this-world, plant-based, real food, always vegan style. Visit BurritoSquared.com and WizardBurger.com to order ahead. This coming Friday, August 18th, it's John Bermuda Schwartz's birthday! Be sure to wish him a happy birthday. And from all of us here at Dave and Ethan's 2008 Weird Al Podcast, happy birthday, Bermuda. And if you can believe it, Friday is also the 30th anniversary of Livin' in the Fridge being recorded. Well, that settles it. I am definitely having liver cake and woolly mammoth steak to celebrate. On behalf of Dave and Ethan's 2,000-inch Weird Al podcast, we'd like to share the following message in advance of our interview with Weird the Al Yankovic Story production designer Dan Butts amid the current Hollywood strikes. We have not been contacted by Roku or anyone requesting promotion of the film Weird the Al Yankovic Story of any kind. We want to state that while we are discussing the film Weird the Al Yankovic Story, we are in no way promoting the film nor showing support for film studios that do not support the writers and actors currently on strike. The intention of this podcast is to create an entertaining archive of information about Weird Al and his career, life, and supporters for both entertainment and informational purposes. Dave and Ethan's 2,000-inch Weird Al podcast supports the WGA and SAG and all creatives in the film industry and beyond. 
And with that being said, we are so excited to get to this episode's guest. Take it away, Ethan. Dave and I are absolutely thrilled to welcome someone to the podcast who has worked with Weird Al extensively over the past couple decades and extensively on Weird the Al Yankovic story. Please welcome to the podcast production designer, Dan Butts. How's it going, Dan? <laughs> Good. Hey, guys. Thanks for having me on this. <laughs> Super excited. Yeah, we're very excited. You have such an extensive resume working with Weird Al. It's going to take us quite a while to get through all of this. Yeah, I hope you have a lot of time set aside for this because uh, we're, we're going to go deep. And Yeah, there's so much to cover with Weird Al and there's a couple other things outside of Weird Al that I think we want to ask you about. But before we get too ahead of ourselves, it would be great if you could tell us about what it is to be a production designer. I have no idea, and I'm actually still trying to figure it out. I was going to ask <laughs> you to. Um, no. uh, so a production designer uh, is in, kind of in charge of designing the sets and environments um, that could be helping to figure out what the locations are for a given film or designing uh, a set from kind of the ground up. Um, we kind of reread the script. Um, we take cues from that um, and then uh, work with the director and the cinematographer and try to figure out like what, what is the look we're trying to achieve with this. Um, so that's, that's basically uh, that's, that's what we do. And then we go about, um, you know, designing it, having it built, having it painted, having the finishes put on, and then hiring the uh, set decorators who kind of fill whatever the environment is with um, the appropriate, you know, items that, that need to go there, and then working with props and the other departments to kind of make sure it's a cohesive whole. Hmm. Does that make sense? No, that was that was good. That was a good explanation. Thank you for summarizing that up for us and our listeners. Now, you obviously need to be involved pretty early on, I would think, in the pre-production. How early generally are you in the whole process do you get involved? Um, it it kind of depends project to project. Um, uh, it's, it's actually not too strange to be hired before the directors even. Um, oh, like oh wow. If it's a TV show, um, a lot of times the showrunner or producer will um, hire me, and we'll kind of try to figure stuff out, and then they'll they'll bring in the you know whoever the directors are going to be. Um, so it, it kind of depends on this. You know, obviously Eric was already involved, um, uh, and it was kind of amazing because normally when you try to get a movie or you know try to get hired on a movie. There's a big song and dance you have to do. You have to do, I usually have to do big presentations where I pull images and I, you know, pitch like, oh, I think it should look like this and this place should be this and, mm. and things like that. But um, this was the best job ever in that I literally just got a call from Al and he said, you want to do a movie? <laughs> and I was like, can, can every job be like that? <laughs> well, so we know that the film essentially was announced in January of 2022 and then started filming the next month. At what point would you say, did you actually get that phone call from Al? I think it was, I feel like it was November. I know what was great about it was I had the whole like Christmas vacation to kind of really dive into the research and stuff, you know, cause they, a lot of times they'll, they'll hire you at the last minute because they don't want to pay you for anything more. Right, right. But but I would oh, much yeah. rather, like, know what I'm doing before and, like, not even be paid. So, like, this was perfect. So, like, during Christmas and that whole time, I was, you know, really digging into uh, all the research of, you know, 
what I wanted to look like and, you know, different things I could show Al and Eric that could get them excited about what I was hoping to do. And you say it was, you know, it was an ideal job because you, you get a phone call rather than having to put together a presentation. But was it also an ideal job just from the subject matter? Oh, it was the best. It was like, it was like if I could dream <laughs> of a job of like, what if we could make a movie like this? <laughs> it, was, it was basically that. Um, I mean, I wish it was longer. Like I wish this, the saddest part about the movie and the most impressive thing at the same time was that we, you know, shot it in 18 days, which I'm sure you've heard a thousand times, yeah. but um, from our world, like of, of doing this, that's incredibly unheard of. Right. <laughs> um, so the sad part was like, I wish it was, you know, a, a, a one year job. Um, yeah. I can only imagine. I, 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 yeah. Right. I would have loved to have just kept going on it. Now, are there more challenges with it being such a short shoot versus, let's say, like a, a longer shoot, you know, as far as getting everything together that you need to for each individual day and set that you need to build and put together? Oh, yeah, for sure. I mean, I think I know you've talked to a lot of people that have worked on this film and and I've, I've done a number of films and TV shows and um what was so great about this is, and I don't think I've even see, I've ever seen this before, is everyone was there for kind of the right reason. You know what mm. I mean? Like we all wanted to make the best movie possible. Absolutely. So, and so, and it really is like a group effort on these things. Um, if one department is like not together, it can kind of derail the whole thing. Um, so like, you know, even like props, if the props people aren't on it, like, you could lose two hours and losing two hours in a day on an 18 day shoot is in, would be insane. It would, you know, it would, uh, right. Could wreck the whole, the whole project. So it was really great in that everybody was so into doing this movie, like <laughs> from every department, from top to bottom, the PAs, the craft service people, the makeup artists, like everyone was like, totally into it i think we were all al fans too for oh. one which helped a lot um <laughs> absolutely but also yeah. we, we had a we had a real like um other people talk about this on on projects and i sometimes it's true and sometimes it's not but we had a like kind of a a big like no dick policy you know like it's like you couldn't be a jerk working on this um and no one was everybody was so great um and so, like, if there was an issue, you know, people could talk about it and get it figured out before it became anything became a problem. Mm -hmm. and, and it was it was amazing how smoothly it all went, like especially with like COVID going on. And like if Daniel or any of the actors or any of the key people had, you know, gotten COVID during the thing, it could have it would have been disastrous because also Daniel had a hard out, which I'm heard. I'm sure you've heard. Um, so it wasn't like. Oh, we'll just push a week. We like we couldn't. If we didn't shoot during these dates, the movie wouldn't have gotten made. Oh wow. <laughs> wow. Yeah, I don't know that I had heard that. Oh, maybe I wasn't what? supposed to tell. <laughs> <laughs> just kidding. <laughs> no, but I you know, I can definitely relate to a lot of the things you're saying because everyone without exception that Dave and I have met or talked to that were that worked on or were involved in the film share the exact same sentiment and Yes, everyone seems to have already been a Weird Al fan, and it seems to be a dream project for them. So it's pretty incredible what you can do with that sort of passion, even with a smaller budget and a smaller time frame to film it. Yeah, but I mean, also the fact that, like, I mean, Eric 
is so together as a director like he he just knew exactly what he wanted and it wasn't like you know there wasn't a lot of like oh let's try this let's try that it's like he and al had kind of already figured out like um the tone and how they wanted to get it done and so it was always very decisive which is is great because you don't want to be doing like 20 takes trying to explore something when you have no time so um you know and daniel radcliffe was was so amazing that i was like oh he nailed that (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> Let's do another one for fun and then move on. Like, you know, right. So, <laughs> so going all the way back to when you first started working in production design, how did you get started? What did you go to school for? Well, this was the 1800s. And, um, no, uh, so I, I, I randomly did go to school for film. I went to Boston university. Um, and I had no idea what production design was, but uh, I had always had an art background. I did a lot of art as a kid, and I actually worked for a bunch of artists when I was growing up because um, I came from this uh, place called Laguna Beach, which was randomly like a, a big artist's uh, hamlet, we'll call it. But um, yeah. now it's like a super rich place <laughs> where people live and I couldn't afford to even visit. But um, <laughs> back then it was like a pretty small beach town that um had a big artist community so um i was always very involved in art but um was really into film and so when i went to college uh back east i was i went to film school and it wasn't until later that i came back to los angeles and started like paing on jobs um and was kind of like what are those people doing that looks fun like who's painting that wall how'd they pick that color what's that about um (laughs) that I started and so then I started like kind of like hanging out with the art departments on the different um things I was PAing on um and then eventually got with like an art crew and kind of kind of worked my way up uh that way and what was uh your first project working with Weird Al how did you get involved with that that was very strange in that I at the time I had been designing like um kind of smaller like music videos and commercials. And I, there was a company I'd worked with a lot. Um, and so I was, you get kind of on a roll with a different company or whatever, and you start working on kind of everything they're doing. And so, mm-hmm. um, they had hired me for, they're like, Oh, we're doing this music video. Um, it's for Hanson, uh, which was a boy band in the whatever early nineties. And, um, <laughs> I, late nineties. And so I, I'm like, yeah, sure. I'm available. And so, uh, they said, well, can you come by the office? And then as I was on my way to the office, they were like, um, actually, can you meet the director at his house? Uh, cause he can't come to the office right now. I said, sure. No problem. And I said, by who, by the way, who is the, who is the director? Cause at that point I didn't even know. I kind of assumed it was a director I'd been working with there. Mm-hmm. Like, Oh, it's a, uh-huh. it's a new director we're working with. And I said, who is it? And I was like, oh, it's, uh, it was this British woman. She's like, it's Al Yankovic. <laughs> and I, I go, weird Al? And she goes, he seems perfectly normal to me. <laughs> and, I, and that's when I realized she had no idea who weird Al was. <laughs> I, don't know, I don't know if it was a UK thing or I don't know where she grew up, but. Uh, um, wow. I was like, so I didn't fully know, but I figured there could only be one Alec. Right. So, right. So I show up, I show up on Al's door in the Hollywood Hills. I knock on the door and sure enough, it's Weird Al that answers the door. 
And um, so, you know, he uh, he ushers me in and uh, he's like, I'm so sorry, but, you know, I'm having all this work done on my house. So we, can we, we're going to have to meet uh, back here. And I was like, okay, it's fine. And so we go back and it's his bedroom. It's the master bedroom. (laughs) (laughs) And um, we're talking about uh, this Hanson video that we're going to do, which is going to involve, um, it involves concert footage, but the lead into the concert footage is this weird thing with Gloria Stewart from Titanic. And so I have to like recreate (laughs) um, a stateroom from Titanic. Um, and he's like, well, let me show you like the footage that we're cutting into just so you have a clear idea of like the transition, what it, what's transitioning to. And so, so there's nowhere else to sit. So we're sitting on his bed <laughs> watching, oh, <laughs> watching uh, Hanson videos. And at one, at one point, I just start laughing. And he's like, what's wrong? And I was like, I just, when I woke up this morning, this is not how I thought my day was going to be going. I was like, I did not in any at any time think... Oh, I'm going to be watching Hanson videos on Weird Al's bed with him. Like, <laughs> um, so, so anyway, so that that was the beginning of our relationship. That job was super fun and went well. And then um, we got along great. And uh, I kind of worked on a lot of stuff with him after that. Well, so how was it actually, you know, beyond sitting in Al's bed watching uh, Hanson videos how was it like working with him? Well, it, it's funny. It's like the craziest thing because, and I didn't know if this was because, I mean, back then I was like, is he just trying to like overcompensate because people think he's just weird out this, you know, um, crazy performer. But like he was the most um, prepared director I had worked with. Um, he had copious notes, knew exactly what he wanted and it gets it gets even crazier when he does his own videos because he'll know like measure by measure in a song like i want this to happen then wow like not a a second after not a second before and it's so great because and that's you know it's also kind of like the weird movie with eric as well like when you're that prepared you get so much more kind of bang for your buck because you're utilizing the time in the best way possible right Um, but I was so impressed, um, because I'd worked with a lot of knuckleheads before that. And, um, (laughs) and you're like, Oh, I'm doing a handsome video. I'm sure this will be really together. Right. Um, But but it ended up, it ended up being like the most structured, like smart production I'd worked on in a long time. So, uh, it was, uh, that was, that was really great. And so then I was like, "Uh, I'll work on anything you want to work on. Like, (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and he's been like that in everything he's directed. He's always on it. It's never half-assed. It's always like so well thought out. It's it's amazing. And when a director does come in that prepared and have such a concrete idea of what they want, does that make it more difficult for you because you're not able to be as creative or does it add to your creativity? No, he he allows for for the freedom of creativity. It's just more like um the structure of like how how it's laid out like kind of you know i mean i can create the set kind of how i i want to but he's he's smart enough to be like the camera is never gonna go never gonna pan more left of that lamp oh wow So i'm like okay great so i don't have to spend a bunch of money and time like building out the 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 other part just in case 
Wow. Um, oh, I mean, cool. Usually, okay. usually you do that anyway, but like he is that literal. Like if he tells you that, you absolutely can believe him. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Like he's like, I'll never see past that. You're like, okay, I don't have to do anything past that. And so like, it's great. Cause like all the money, all the resources can go toward really what's on the screen and you're not wasting a lot, which right. in our industry we do a lot. Cause I've worked with directors that like, you know, you build a three, a three wall set and they'll go in the set and turn around to the wall. That's not there and be like, what if there was a wall here? And what if we <laughs> shot the whole thing? wow so yeah he so so he does he allows for he allows for things to happen he allows for creativity and is always willing to like hear like you know a pitch you know like well this could be funny um so it's it's nice that way i tend to work on a lot of comedy stuff and he was very um gracious to me and being like if you uh if you think of funny stuff and want to, you know, want to pitch it, that's great. Whereas a lot of people like, you know, they will never let you do that or mm. will hate, hate you for doing right, it. But, right. Um, yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> well, so, um, I don't know that we said the song, but the Hanson video that Al directed that you worked on is called river. And so you really just worked on the, the Gloria Stewart part, the beginning and the end of the video. Exactly. Yeah. It was like the, um, yeah, exactly. The the head and the tail of it, um, where Al has a brief part, I believe. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yep. In a wig, which threw a lot of people off. Yeah. <laughs> and would you be responsible for, uh, like, setting up that big Hanson shrine that, that was going on in the background there? Yeah. Yeah. That was actually... It, yeah, so that set was a complete build. We did that on a stage. Um in Hollywood. Oh, wow. Uh, we built the whole okay. thing. And then um, it was really funny because I remember at one point, I, you know, it's my first time working with Al. So I'm like, I don't know how he works at, or things at that point. And I, I went to go get kind of a prop approved. I think it was like, a, it was like a Walkman or something. And um, I was like, what do you think of this? And um, he's like, yeah, it's good. Can you run it by them? And I said, when you say them, do you mean the, the, the 12, 13, and 14-year-olds over there? Those guys? <laughs> and he's like, yeah? Question mark? <laughs> I was like, so my job has come to getting approvals from teenagers? Um, and then it was hilarious. So I had to go over there and be like, what do you all think of this? And I, we think it should be this. And it, of course, they had pitched something that was like, um, I can't remember what it was, but it was like, some super trademarked thing. And I was like, well, then I'm like, I'm like, I guess I'm going to give a little lesson in like legal clearances for uh TV and film. <laughs> so I'm like, well guys, actually you can't do that because that company could then f- sue us for using their product. And I'm like, Oh, okay. Yeah, that's dope. Um, and then we ended up using whatever, whatever we had. Right. But I would, uh, I would torture Al after that. Be like, oh, well, d- on like every job after that, I'd be like, do I have to go get this approved by the Hanson brothers? <laughs> I, you know, I'm actually really impressed that they were involved that much. I, I wouldn't have even expected them to be on set. I don't think, I'm, I mean, they weren't. Uh, Oh, I think, yeah, that's a good question. I They were on set for some other reason, I feel like. I think we shot some other thing with them, maybe. Okay. Um, but he, you know, 
you know, Al's the nicest guy in the world. So of course he's going to be inclusive and be like, well, right. it's their video. Let's, right. let's see what they think. Right. <laughs> and then one of the gags is she tosses the Hanson CD into the ocean. Are you involved yeah. in, in, in that? Like filming, do you yeah. source the water? <laughs> How does that work? Uh, I, I found the tank because the camera I think was underneath. And so I had to find oh, okay. a, like a large, super clear plexiglass tank that we could fill with water. Um, oh, cool. Uh, so the camera could be in. Oh. I know it's like, it's such a, it's such a funny thing. Like it's just a kind of a, a one-off shot, but like that was probably the hardest part of our shoot was getting Whoa. that right. <laughs> Cause you, you know, the CD wanted to go a certain way. So it hits the light and it ended up looking beautiful. It does. Um, but, uh, but yeah, that, that was just my job was, I was the tank guy. <laughs> the tank guy. <laughs> And so how much time passed between working on, you know, this Hanson video with Al and actually doing another project with him? Uh, I don't think it was too, I don't think it was that much longer. I think we did the Hanson thing in 98 and then in 99 we did um, Saga Begins. Okay. Which was um, a dream job because I've always been kind of a Star Wars nerd. Um <laughs> Oh, perfect for you then, yes. Yeah, so it was like, wait, I get to do what? I get to recreate the Mos Eisley bar? <laughs> I know, right? And they're like, not only do you get to create this cantina, but you have $20 to do it in 40 minutes. Um, but it was still, it was it was the best. It was, it's, it's hard to watch for me now because like I wanted to do so much more, but... Uh, you know, the resources were super tight and everything, but uh, I'm still happy with the way it, it came out. Like I, I remember working all night on building um, the guitar that Al plays, um, trying to figure out how to make like a Star Wars type guitar. And I ended up like finding some like weird patterned linoleum that I, I kind of glued on the guitar and then like rubbed uh, silver paint and black paint on and then rubbed it off and tried to make it look look old and then i pulled some like pieces from ra old radios and <laughs> um and knocked it on there and it was just it was kind of it was very fun making that making that piece same with the piano well it's perfect because i mean both the guitar and the piano they look like something straight out of S star wars i mean it it did an excellent job on those yay thank you that's what i was going for <laughs> i think al ha i think he has the the guitar think i'm not sure i don't know what happened to that hope it's somewhere yeah i mean that's probably a, a question that dave and i are going to be asking after each thing that you <laughs> have created where is it now and can we have it <laughs> can i can i get it can yeah. i have it <laughs> there might be a few things i have okay all right oh oh okay but not the guitar. Oh. <laughs> well, forget it. This interview's over. Exactly. <laughs> this is all ruse to get the guitar. <laughs> I know. <laughs> I'll make you another one. All right. <laughs> Ooh. So there's two real main parts of Saga uh, as far as set is concerned. And it's the big sand dune of Tatooine and then the Mos Eisley bar, as you mentioned. Were you involved in finding those locations? No. The, I mean, we all looked at pictures of where, where it was going to be, but... Um... It was pretty great. Like the photos we looked at were like, oh, this is perfect. Um, but so I wasn't really super involved in that part other than getting the, you know, making sure the piano got there. Mm -hmm. um, I think I think we shot that part first. So I think I was on stage 
um, trying to finish up the cantina at that point. Oh, while they were um, shooting. Yeah. Um, so, cause it was a pretty tight schedule as it kind of always is with these things. So, um, hmm. I was doing that and I was like, I, I, I was happy to not have to go out to the desert. So, <laughs> right. <laughs> From people that we've talked to on the podcast, that was like a hundred degree day and people were like yeah. fainting from exhaustion and, and heat. So yeah. you probably had the, the better, uh, you probably had the better spot to work <laughs> for, for sure. <laughs> Uh, given a desert or a bar, yeah, right. I'll, I'll pick the bar. Uh, <laughs> <Take that bar. laughs> um, was that Craig that you talked to about that? Probably. Yes. Craig Armstrong was great to chat with and he, he shared a lot of stuff. You probably worked with him quite a bit. I would assume. Yeah. We, we, he did a bunch of the, these things that, that we all worked on together. He <laughs> was there great. for all of it. That's yeah. great. So in the cantina, you know, there's a bunch of, you know, interesting costumes and, and things going on. Were you involved in like any of any of that stuff or was it more the physical props you were working on? Yeah, no, I didn't do any like the prosthetic things and any of the costumes and thing, which the, I mean, those people did such a great job. Yeah. Um, especially given like, I'm sure their, their budgets and uh, resources <laughs> were just as tight as mine. Um, so no, I just created the space and like, um, you know, I found these like cool, like, weird light fixtures that I put on the back wall and stuff to kind of give it a, a, I don't know, a more interesting sense. Obviously like we couldn't spend money to like rebuild it, like exactly like the film. So it was, uh, it was just kind of trying to get the, the same tone and um, put it in that world, which um, right. for a star Wars nerd like myself <laughs> was super fun. And, and do you recall what location that was shot at? Uh, the stage was a stage that's not there anymore. It was called Praxis. It was in North Hollywood, um, on Tahunga Avenue. And we, we used to shoot there a lot. Like we shot some Al TVs there. Oh, wow. Uh, we shot Pentiums there and Saga Begins. Oh, cool. Um, and yeah, we, we would always, we would go there a lot. I think it was actually randomly (laughs) speaking of Star Wars. I think originally it was one of the Star Wars effects um, stages where oh, they wow. would, uh, do some of their uh, VFX, uh, not VFX at that point, I guess it was all practical, but um, some of their effects shots with the models and miniatures and stuff. Oh, very cool. Now, rewatching the video for Saga Begins, I don't know how I've missed this my entire life, or maybe it's just my memory is bad, but... Yoda makes a cameo in the crowd shot. Did, yeah. did you put yeah. Yoda there? Did you source Yoda? We did. Yeah, we had. <laughs> I, I can't believe it, I can't remember if it was a mask or a model. Like, I think it was a. I think it was. I think it was like a model that we got. Yeah, somehow. I think it's a model. Yeah. Yeah. It looks um, like a model. But yeah, that was fun. <laughs> and then I don't know that this did this ever happen. You would know better than me. But I remember at one point some people from Lucas films that just worked there said they would enhance the video and add effects. Um, did that ever happen? Did you ever, are there two versions of saga or no? I don't know about that. I haven't heard that story. Okay. I, yeah, I haven't, I haven't heard anything about that. I mean, if that was in talks, I don't know that it happened or if it did happen, it didn't, uh, it didn't make it out. You know, that's not, knowledge that i'm aware of or we're aware of yeah i because i remember al asking he asked me and i think our dp clyde smith 
um, if we wanted to go up there because he was going to have a meeting with um, some of the people that just worked there. I just reached out and said, this is amazing. We want to help. We, we know how to do all this stuff. And wow. I unfortunately, I was so bummed because I was working on something else and couldn't break away. And I remember being so sad, but um, <sighs> I guess it never happened. It probably never happened because Lucasfilm was like, you can't use our people and our effects things for free. <laughs> um, but I, I'm pretty sure he got to go up there and at least chat with them, which would have been insane just to get a tour. Oh, that's really cool. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. Well, something must have happened at some point with Lucasfilm because and I don't have the information in front of me, but the saga begins does show up on a like a Blu-ray release of one of the Star Wars films. Really? Dave, do you remember anything else about that? Yeah, I do remember that it was released on an official Blu-ray release of the Star Wars saga, which makes it a parody officially licensed by Lucasfilm. So there we go. <laughs> you are now a part of the Star Wars universe, Dave. Oh, finally! <laughs> Uh, that being said, I'd rather uh, design a movie if you know anybody. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> okay, we'll, we'll put some calls into Lucasfilm for you. Yeah, we'll, yeah, we'll see what we can do. <laughs> the next Andor, I'm totally available. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> well, so you mentioned that the same uh, stage is where you guys shot all about the Pentiums, and I believe that was the next thing you worked on Al with. That is true. Yeah, we... Um, that was a super fun shoot. Yeah, we did like a, there was like a com comdex uh, convention that we did for yes. the stage show, <laughs> and then um, we built this crazy set that was like, uh, it was modeled after this like notorious Big video. I think it was called like um, Mo Money Mo Problems. I think uh, where it looked like um, the people were like in this long black tunnel with like tubes and stuff. Um, and so I'm sure the real video cost a billion dollars to make, but um, we did not have very much money. But um, <laughs> I feel like we kind of pulled it off. And uh, we had Drew Carey in it, um, who kind of just riffed with with Al during it. So um, it was a lot of fun. And then we shot at some um, some office somewhere where we had dancers and things. I don't. I'm I'm still happy about the way that video turned out. I think it, I think it looks great. <laughs> Looking at the Mo Money Mo Problems promo shots, uh, you you nailed it. It's identical. Oh yeah. The <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> how did you pull that off? Well, the funny thing was we had to like, we it was hard to figure out how it was going to look because we were building it without the camera crew there. So I don't know what his lenses are going to look like. I you know I can't afford a finder, which is like what they call the the things that they those the DPs look through to try to figure out like what lens it is. I knew they wanted to match that look as much as possible. And it's kind of like a, uh, what we call a fisheye lens kind of vibe. Mm -hmm. um, and so I went to, mm. I drove to Home Depot and I bought a peephole thing that you put in a door to look at like <laughs> who's visiting your door. Oh. <laughs> because it kind of has that kind of same vibe. Yeah. And I literally, I used that to line up the shot and my crew thought I was absolutely insane. They're like, we're building this thing around this like, tiny thing you're holding against your eye and i'm like it's all it's all i got um but it worked it, it randomly worked oh so. man <laughs> yeah one of the one of the wacky art department things you do trying to uh you know figure stuff out 
That's so crazy. And I, I guess I'm just curious about how it was actually built, too. Is it a hallway, or how would you describe it? Yeah, I think it was like, uh, if I remember, I think it was, I did kind of like a forced perspective hallway. So, like, it's, you know, wide at the mouth of it, and then it kind of gets smaller as you go back down. Okay. And then and then staggered the okay. lights and used smaller lights as it goes further away to oh, kind of make it seem like it's longer. That is so cool. Um, but ah, I remember they had cool. they had a very they had a very shallow world that they could work in. I remember like watching Drew Carey and being like, "You're going too far, too far." Because <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, they only had like a few feet to kind of mess with. Like at one point, I think he like grabs Al's face and like pushes him out of the way, and I'm like, "You were gonna break the set." <laughs> um, <laughs> Although that would have been a hilarious yes, part of the true. video. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> destroying your uh set your wonderful set yeah yeah we also got to use a car in that video that was uh it was a take on the uh uhf car the it's like this little baby metropolitan <laughs> in the beginning yeah. of the video where the doves come out yeah <laughs> it was a little little callback were you involved in finding the car and finding the doves and that kind of stuff? No, I think I had to find it, but it was definitely Al's idea. Yeah. <laughs> um, oh, okay, yeah. Yeah. Um, which was great. It was so, so fun. Because you look at it from the front, and you're like, oh, that's a cool car. And then you cut to the side, and you're like, oh, it's a little baby car. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and and uh, in the part where it's actually filmed in the office, did you design what was in the cubes or were you just using what was actually in people's cubes? Yeah. No, we would bring all, we brought all that stuff. It was okay. an empty, uh, oh, unused wow. office. Oh, okay. And then for like the, the oh. Emo Phillips part, that was a build. That was a, his, his little office thing was, okay. a, <laughs> was something we built on stage. That's cool. <laughs> wow. So I, I didn't realize, I don't, I didn't think I realized that that office was like an abandoned, empty office and you had to bring in everything. I just assumed it was like a, just a regular office that you had access to and maybe you brought in a few props just to spice it up a little bit. But wow, that's that's incredible. That really looks like any office I've been in. Yeah. So that's an excellent, <laughs> excellent build there. Well, I think I think they did have desks and chairs, but I think like all those okay. stuff and things we did. Yeah. I mean, we do that often, but... Not on a on, not on a Weird Al video budget. We don't. Uh, <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, I I yeah I I always love that video. I think the song he did such a great job with the yeah. song. Oh yeah, and it's just it makes me laugh every time. Yeah, by far is one of my one of my favorite Weird Al music videos. Is definitely it's all about the Pentiums. It just there's so much so much to look at and so much fun and so much energy in that video. It's great. Awesome. Now, both the saga begins and all about the Pentiums have a lot of like kind of crowd type scenes. Do you make a cameo in either of those videos? <laughs> no, um, I should. I don't know why. Probably because <laughs> I had. I think I had long hair during that time. <laughs> I'm like there. There was no place for me in Pentiums. Um, <laughs> you were too cool looking. But, uh, you couldn't. <laughs> no, I was probably. I was also probably too busy. I was probably yeah. covered in paint. Um, yeah, we kind of, you know, we would kind of do everything in those videos during that time. So, like, we, you know, we would build it, we would decorate it, we would create the props, we would do it all. So, um, <laughs> it was all very, uh, it was a very hectic thing. We didn't have time to be like, hey, I'll jump in this scene. Right. Um, yeah. yeah. Which is too bad because it'd be super fun to be able to look back on that now and be like, hey, that's me. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> 
like Tony Hawk and uh, the other weird Al video. <laughs> right. It smells like Nirvana. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. Amazing. They touched on it a little bit. I wanted to ask you about that. Obviously, you're doing a lot of preparation before the shooting starts. But as the shooting starts, how much are you in there tweaking things here and there as the shoot, as the actual filming is going on? A lot. I, I usually, I'll usually be next to the director, um, looking at the monitor and just making sure everything looks the way we want it to look. Okay. Um, yeah, so that's kind of that's part of the gig too, just to kind of make sure it it's it all works. I mean, sometimes you have to, you know, leapfrog a little bit. Um, you know, like with Saga, like I had to let them do the desert thing, but also knowing that there wasn't a lot I could do out there. But sometimes I'll have to go ahead to the next set to make sure that that's ready and leave some of my people behind to kind of oversee. Right. Um, but for the most part, I'm I'm usually right there. Um, just you know, making, making sure it all looks good. And my understanding was that maybe all if, or at least, at least the emo section of the Pentiums was shot like at ridiculously hours in the morning, like three in the morning or something like that. Do you have any memory of that? Uh, that, that's just any memory of a music video. shoot. <laughs> <laughs> that's just it's, normal for you. <laughs> yeah. It's like they, oh, okay. They pay people on a day rate and they're like a day is 24 hours. Right. <laughs> um, and so, yeah, it's n- not uncommon. I mean, we're also like, you know, you see the, the production value and stuff in these videos is super great. I mean, he, a lot of times he's, Al's trying to like, recreate videos that cost hundreds of thousands of dollars, but we're doing it for, you know, $10,000. Right. (laughs) So, um, you kind of use everything you, you have. And a lot of times that means, uh, okay, those shots we're going to get, you know, uh, at two in the morning. (laughs) So it wasn't uncommon, but we also, the great thing about all those videos is it was, it was the same crew that pretty much did most of them. So like, we all knew each other. We all knew it was the deal and we all loved Al. So right. um, it wasn't, it wasn't a big issue. There's not a lot of egos on that set. So it was great. Mm. So you also worked on uh, Al TV. Do you remember what segments or what parts you worked on? God, I don't, I want to, um, I want to say like, I want to say number nine. I don't know why. <laughs> okay. When I was looking back at them, I was like, that one looks kind of familiar. Um, <laughs> I don't know. I feel like I did a couple of them. I know there was a hamster involved. (laughs) (laughs) I know we shot at the same stage that we did the other stuff. Okay. Um, But yeah, sorry. I I should have gone back and and checked those out because... Well, if if IMDb can be believed, uh, they they say you worked on the one which was for the Poodle Hat album, which was done in 2003. Oh, look at that. Look at you. (laughs) (laughs) You two know your stuff. Uh, Yeah. Oh, okay, cool. Well, congrats to me. That sounds fun. (laughs) (laughs) Now, Dan, something very controversial in the world of uh, the Weird Al fandom is whether or not Bob, the video for Bob, is a music video or just like a video <laughs> that exists, but without being designated a music video. And that was part of that Al TV that IMDb claims you worked on. Did you, so you worked on I what I would say is the Bob music video and what Dave would say is the Bob video? <laughs> I did. I did work on the Bob video known as a Bob music video. Um <laughs> 
<laughs> and there is there's even more controversy to that because it was probably one of my biggest f***ups <gasps> on a job. Oh, wow. <laughs> to which oh. Al, Al was super angry, which Al super angry is like someone slightly annoyed to most people. Um, but I knew him well enough to be like, Oh my God, he's livid. Um, oh no. So I will admit this here and only here. Cause I don't think Al's too nice. I think to have told anybody, although maybe he did. Um, I totally messed up. So as you know, they're all palindromes, right? Yes. Yes. One thing you don't want to do in a palindrome is misspell something. Oh no. Oh no. And I would never throw anybody under the bus, but my art director um, wrote them (laughs) and she, uh, she misspelled something and literally none of us caught it. We didn't catch it on set. The person, the DP didn't catch it. Al didn't catch it. The script supervisor didn't catch it. None of us caught it. And it wasn't until Al was cutting no me and was like you spell i can't remember which card it was he's like you spelled blah 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 and i was like no no we didn't he's like yeah i'm looking at it right now and he had to spend his own money and digitally fix it no way oh wow yeah i mean now it would be like you know right click seven and it would fix it right but but back then it was a deal. Like they probably had to go in and like rotoscope shit, and I'm sure it was a pain in the ass. And I know it was very expensive. And um, he probably hated me for a long time, even though it wasn't me. It was my art director. Uh, <laughs> but um, it was awful. I felt oh so no! Oh wow! Um, so we uh, we almost derailed the Bob video or the Bob music video. Oh, geez. Do you want to take a stance or do you want to remain agnostic on the debate? Oh, I, yeah, I don't know. I'm, I'm, I'm going to, I'm going to be on the fence on that one. Okay. Okay. <laughs> Fair give me enough. more, okay. give me more of the backstory of why it's such an issue. Why so so let me this? jump in here. So yeah, give your pitch. So when the, when the, when Poodle Hat was released, Weird Al was planning on doing a video for Couch Potato, and I don't know if you were involved in that. And we, maybe no. we can talk about that if you were. But he, I, at some point, he did not get clearance from Eminem to be able to do that video. Right. So it was late enough in the process that he had that the album had to come out. The album came out, and he basically said, "Well, this album just doesn't have a music video." So then my understanding is is when they were filming Al TV, he needed some segments to fill up. And that's when he decided, well, Bob would be a great segment for Al TV because it would, you know, it would help promote the album. And it's, you know, a funny visual thing. And it would fill up time in the special that he was doing. He had said when that came out and in interviews around that time that Bob was never intended to be a music video. It was just intended to be a segment that was created specifically for Al TV. Now I'll let Ethan argue the other side of the, uh, the, the story <laughs> if he wants to. Well, I mean, it, it for Bob Dylan, it was a music video. Not that they called it a music video back then. Right. So if we did the same thing, wouldn't it, wouldn't it also be a music video? Am I getting in trouble with Al right now? I don't understand <laughs> why Dave and Al and the others don't think it's a music video. I think regardless of what it was intended to be, it's a music video. <laughs> so I don't know. <laughs> yeah. 
I mean, it's it's since shown up on other on like music video compilations, and a lot of people do refer to it as a music video. But I don't. I think the intention at the time was that it would right. just be a segment on Al TV, and it may from there it may have have morphed, you know, into his video collections and things like that. <laughs> just to have some sort of representation for the Poodle Hat album, which had no other music video. Got it. <laughs> All right. Well, sorry to derail this interview with that. <laughs> but that said, would you like to weigh in or still remain? Uh... <laughs> yeah, this is way more convoluted than I thought it would be. Yeah, there's big controversy in the in the Weird Al universe yeah, over this. Like, like the JFK assassination. Right now. Like, this is a big deal. Yeah, so I, I'll I'll use your I'll I'll use this podcast to officially apologize to Al. Not that I have already probably twenty six <laughs> times, but I, uh, I did I did mess up, Bob. I'm the person. I'm responsible. Even though it wasn't me, it was my art director, but <laughs> she still worked under me. So still my fault. Still my fault. Wow, that's an incredible story. I don't don't know that I've heard that before. That's incredible. That's nice. That's just Al being nice. Because if I were him, I would have told everybody. <laughs> I'm obsessed now trying to figure out which one it is. I'm gonna have to do that later and go frame by oh, frame. <laughs> I watched yesterday and I was like, I'm sure I'll be able to figure out. And I literally I could not. Wow. But it's funny because I could I could see which ones I knew which ones I drew and which ones my art director drew just because I know my writing and her writing. Oh cool. And it was it was funny. So I could know I could narrow it down somewhat because I I, uh, she was a horrible speller, um, but, uh, but, uh, I still couldn't figure out. They did a great job. Whoever did the post on it. It's incredible. Maybe he got our friends from Lucasfilm to be like, Hey, can you fix this? Maybe that's what he went to Lucasfilm yes. for. Exactly. Him, uh, Nothing to do with Saga Begins. Now, how many takes was Bob shot in? I can't remember, but it was a, it was I think it was a healthy amount because I know we were there for the full day. Okay, but it's it's all one it's all one continuous shot. Yeah, it is. But I mean, you know, as you know, like he's a pro, so you know, I can't remember what we figured out with the cards to make them easier. And I think like I feel like we were on the ground scooping them up so they didn't like pop back into frame and things like that. Um, Oh wow! Yeah, Uh, I think we also had. We must have had doubles too, just in case they got messed up. Uh, or no, you know what? I think we had sound blankets on the ground to kind of also like protect them, so they didn't uh. hit the nasty downtown alley floor. <laughs> and do you have any idea what Jay and John were talking about in the background? <laughs> no, no, that was funny though. That always made me laugh watching them in the back. Yeah, they're very invested in the conversation. Yeah. That was shot on location, right? Not like on a soundstage, yeah. 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 No, it was downtown LA and some nasty uh, alley <laughs> down there. <laughs> but it looked great. I thought it looked very uh, appropriate for what we wanted to do. And you brought in like the set dressings, like the garbage cans yeah. or the uh, garbage and the uh, the boxes and things like that. Yeah, exactly. Are the signs, are those something that have lasted the test of time? Are they somewhere? No. I do not know. They are gone, gone. I think <laughs> after after the uh, mess up, you had to uh, destroy yeah, after them. Yeah, the mess up. I'm sure someone <laughs> burned them <laughs> in anger. Yeah. 
every time every time after that job though if we had something that like needed to be like double checked and spelled like I, all i had to do to, with my crew was be like is this bob again do we want to do bob again <laughs> they'd be like oh shit, you're right let's read it one more time <laughs> also al is like you know it's the last person you want to uh you want to do that to you know it's right like, it's like the parent that's like i'm not mad I'm just disappointed. Right. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> no, be mad. I'd rather be mad. <laughs> so after Poodle Hat came straight out of Linwood, did you work on White and Nerdy? Um, no, I didn't. And I was so sad because I um, had been working on some TV show and I had been on the show for a while. And then Al asked me to do that video um, and unfortunately I had already booked a vacation. Oh, um, oh, wow. He was, uh, he wasn't happy about it. Um, and I was so <laughs> bummed and I did, I literally did like, I was like, can I push this? Can I change it? But there were, there were like deposits and things. And oh I like, man. I, I will lose a lot of money if I, if I do this. Um, so, so bummed because a, I love that song. And then, um, of course, later being like, oh, I could have worked with Key and Peele. That would have been great. Right. <laughs> um, right. <laughs> such a bummer. Of course, my mind goes, I could have done their show. I could have been nominated for an Emmy for that show. I could have, you know, it's like. <laughs> right. Oh, um, man. Stupid vacation. Um, but I remember he was really bummed, uh, but not as bummed as I was. So, yeah, I wasn't mm. able to do that, unfortunately. But I did do perform this way later. Ooh, ooh, that is a, a really interesting one. Yeah, it was it was a weird one. <laughs> For weird Al standards, it's even weird. <laughs> exactly, it's true. I was kind of like, I was like, okay, for the fourth time, talk me through it again. It's like my my face is going to be replaced. I'm like, how are you going to match the movements of a dancer? And he was like, I'm just going to do it, and he did. It, it was like, it was yeah. crazy. Um. Yeah, I remember one of the hardest challenges on that job was uh, he was like, I need a train to go around my my hat. <laughs> it's like, uh, okay. <laughs> but, uh, but we figured it out. We did it. Um, that was actually one thing I specifically was going to ask you about from this video. I was like, I saw that and I was like, I bet Dan somehow figured that out. So what was the solution? It was literally like, we just, we got a bunch of different, um, remote controlled trains and different tracks. And like, you know, <laughs> it was hard to like get one that could make that tight of a circle and actually work. And it just, uh, it, it worked. <laughs> it finally worked. Um, and then I think we made uh, it was like a hero newspaper that he has to crumple up. Since yes. Like Gaga. Gaga fail. fail. Yes. Something. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Gaga fail. Yeah. So you created that as well. Yeah, I did. And may own one right now. Any idea what it says on the newspaper? Like, was it just you know Lauren Mipsum or? Oh, I. <laughs> That's a good question. I don't think, I don't think we wrote something specific for that. It's funny because I do that now. I I worked on the show Arrested Development, and literally everything that shows up on camera, you have to have like if we show a magazine, it had to have 
we would actually literally write an article that backed up whatever Whoa. it was. <laughs> um, but I think, I think back, I don't think it probably was Lauren Mipsum, uh, is my guess, but I'll go back. Cause I think I have one at home. If you uh-huh. have one, uh, we would love to see a picture of it and actually be able to read it. <laughs> cool. I will do that for you. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> but just don't tell Al I have that. Okay. This isn't going to air anywhere, right? This no, is just no, 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 no. Chatting. Yeah, private conversation. Private. <laughs> okay, great. Great. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We'll just tell Al not to listen to that part. Right. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> I'll ask Suzanne to like distract him during the call. <laughs> yeah. So, well, yeah, we'll send you the timestamp and then send it to her. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> She's so awesome. She would do that. Yeah. Like, okay, you got it. <laughs> yes. No, I, I, I got to ask you though, Dan, for the stuff that you're doing for Arrested Development and any other thing where you're uh, filling out an entire magazine or newspaper page like that, do you have somebody proofread it before it goes up on the air? <laughs> yes, we do. More than a few times. And on Arrested Development, it would often be Mitch Hurwitz who would then rewrite it uh, <laughs> to be uh, incredibly amazing. But yeah, we would, uh, yeah, that was. That was nuts. But it's funny. I have an art director now, this guy, um, Jack Carnavale, and he's he's so good at that kind of stuff. And he kind of likes doing that. So if we have weird things where we'll have like an article or something, he'll be like, I'll write it. <laughs> and he'll literally just like go to his computer and like two hours later, like, this is a really in-depth article. About this. He's like, yeah, no, I know. <laughs> it's, so, it's so wild. I'm like, well, shouldn't you be working on art department stuff right now? That's amazing. I love that. I love that attention to detail. <laughs> yeah, that's the, it's like the, that's the fun stuff too. It's like a lot of times oh you, yeah, you never see it or people don't notice it, but when they do, it's like so great. Oh, it's mind-blowing. Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Which was, you know, that was like a probably, you know, one of the most fun parts of of doing weird was like, okay, like we already know that like Al fans so serious and so into this like <laughs> let's try to drop in as many easter eggs as we can oh well, yeah <laughs> we, we have plenty of uh of questions about uh that stuff don't you worry <laughs> <laughs> awesome is a couple more things that perform this way is just so visual so prop so prop heavy so everything so i just want to ask you about some of this stuff and if you were uh responsible for sourcing it or creating it or what like things like that that bubble dress and the horse head hat the swiss cheese no it's funny it's i can't remember who did wardrobe they were amazing um they did all that stuff i think I kind of I feel like we assisted on the meat dress. Okay. Um, okay. I know we did the USDA uh, button right on it. <laughs> sticker. Yeah. <laughs> um, but I think they did they did the the bulk of that, which they did such oh, okay. a great job wow. on. Yeah. Was it fake meat or was it real meat? Yeah, I think it was real meat. Oh. <laughs> which is probably torture for Al. Yeah. Right, as you know, as a vegetarian. Oh man. And at the beginning of the video, of course, Al Gaga is hatched from an egg. Were you involved in the egg? Oh, yeah. That that was actually, that was probably the most expensive part of the shoot was we had to have the egg built. Um, and I got like, 
um, I got a crazy deal from this company, but it was still like more money, <laughs> more money than we had spent on any one item in an Al video ever. Um, oh wow! <laughs> but and they were like, "Are you serious?" And I'm like, "I'm like, guys, this was like it was supposed to be like I don't know what the final number was like was supposed to be like fifteen thousand, and I got them to do it for five thousand or something." Oh wow! Um, <laughs> but it, but it was a lot of money, but it looked great. Um. The funny thing about that was afterward was, I guess it was Al that was like, you know, that could be really fun in my daughter's room. It could be like a little reading pod for ah. Nina. So, um, so later we brought it up to her house and, uh, it was funny cause I talked to his daughter not that long ago and she goes, that was my bed for a long time. No way. <laughs> She was like, oh, I, wow. she was like, I loved that thing so much. Oh. And then it was funny because I did a job like, I, like, I don't know, a while ago, like eight years ago or something. And I was like, um, I remember, uh, texting Suzanne. I was like, Hey, is the egg there? I could actually really use it on this shoot. <laughs> she's like, no, that, she's like, that thing fell apart like years oh. ago. Like, Oh, <laughs> but uh, I'm glad it, uh, I'm glad it went to good use. Um, yeah, what a shame it would have been to be thrown out. I'm so glad that it. You oh, know, I know. Had a greater purpose. <laughs> yeah, what a lovely story. That's incredible. <laughs> <laughs> but they did a great job uh, at at fabricating it, and um, they were also like crazy Al fans. I don't really. I've never really come across something where people haven't been Al fans, right? <laughs> How are you a how how can someone be in a creative industry and not at least like Al, you know? <laughs> Seriously. Yeah. It's like people that would like him, I wouldn't want to work with. Exactly. Anyway. Exactly. Yeah. It's a great like litmus test of like, uh, are we gonna get along? <laughs> we need to stop the interview right there, but we're just scratching the surface of Dan's twenty-five year career working with Weird Al. So we will be back with part two of our interview with Dan on the next episode. But in the meantime, we'd love to thank Dan for sharing so much incredible information with us. We cannot wait for you to hear more of this excellent interview. Oh, that sound means we have a call on the 347 Spatula Hotline, the official hotline of Dave and Ethan's 2008 Weird Al podcast. All right, intern Frank, let's hear it. Hey, David Ethan, this is your old pal, Sheepdog David Grant, a.k.a. MC Chogskin, a.k.a. And I am just, oh, oh, a.k.a. Uh, WolfandWool.com. And I am just calling to wish you a very happy 203rd episode. Unless you play this on the 202nd or 204th episode. In which case, I'm wishing you a happy one of those. Okay, bye-bye! Aw, thank you, David. So nice to hear from you, and thank you for the well wishes. This episode is brought to you in part by Discover Darwin, promoting tourism in Darwin, Minnesota. Not only is historic Darwin, Minnesota... Uh, beautiful. It's also almost Twine Ball Day. Wait a minute. Did you say it's almost Twine Ball Day? That happened already last Saturday. Yes, of course. But you do realize the next one is only 361 days away, don't you? Oh my goodness. Is, is that going to be enough time? So many things to prepare for. Oh, so many events to sanction. Well, let's just use this time to review what did and didn't work from the 32nd annual event this past weekend. Well, ah, oh, the Twine K. 
was a ball. Oh, sounds like we're going to keep it then. And I heard the beanbag tournament was a great twine. Ha, definitely we'll have to do that again next year. Oh, get this. By all accounts, the Grand Parade was a real Francis A. Johnson. So visit Darwin, Minnesota on your next sanctioned expedition. Discover Darwin, more than just the twine ball. And after you visit Darwin, Minnesota, be sure to attempt to visit discoverdarwin.biz. Dave and Ethan's 2008 Weird Al podcast is brought to you absolutely free thanks to our incredible sponsors, Brito Brito, Wizard Burger, Jackson Scoggins, and Discover Darwin. Our podcast is also supported by everyone else in our Patreon family, with a special thanks to our amazing close personal friend level Patreon supporters, Scott, UH Jeff, Matt, Kenneth, Gus and Alicia, Allison, Adriana, Ajax, Jake, Zeb, Zach, Dana B, Blair, Kev, Javier, and Ron. Also thanks to Spunky Siren and everyone else in our pretty stinking majestic Patreon family. If you enjoy our family-friendly Weird Al podcast, please consider supporting us over at patreon.com slash 2000inch. There are awesome benefits like getting your name on the podcast, your own private RSS feed, which gives you early access to each and every one of our bonus episodes, and the self-satisfaction of doing something important with your otherwise pitiful, meaningless existence. And now would be a good time to join if you haven't already, because you'll be the very first to hear each and every one of our remaining brand new ridiculously self-indulgent bonus episodes the instant that they drop. And don't forget to check out our official merchandise shop over at shop.2000inch.com. All proceeds from purchases go directly towards supporting our fine podcast. And we love hearing from our listeners and other Weird Al fans, so be sure to join our Facebook community over at group.2000inch.com and make sure you visit our Discord server for even more riveting Weird Al and Red Rump Agouti-related conversations. You can find both of them linked on our website, as well as information about past episodes and guests over at 2000inch.com or weirdalpodcast.com. And while you're there, be sure to click on Ridiculously Self-Indulgent bonus episodes to follow along with our adventures on tour or click on black and white and weird all over bonus episodes for our special series where author and birthday boy John Bermuda Schwartz walks us through his first book page by page and picture by picture. Keep up on new episodes, podcast news, and events by following at 2000 inch on Facebook X and Instagram and be sure to subscribe everywhere you listen to podcasts so you do not miss a single episode. Not only does subscribing help the podcast, it'll make the paint peel off your walls. Plus, we also love it when we receive voicemail via official patent pending 27 hour day podcast hotline 347 spatula as seen in the illustrated Al. That number is 347-772-8852. Give it a call. You might even hear your message in a future episode of Dave and Ethan's 2000 inch weird al podcast thank you once again to our amazing guest dan butts for joining us this episode we also want to thank eric appel sam david grant eddie schmidt and thank you to grammy award-winning jim kim os for our incredible podcast theme song thank you to the emmy nominated weird al yankovic as this podcast probably would not exist without him and a big thanks to all of you our loyal listeners subscribers patreon supporters and sponsors and everyone else who makes our podcast possible Thank you for choosing Dave and Ethan's 2000-inch Weird Al podcast. And until next time, remember to give and chill, keep listening to Weird Al, and stay cheesy. 
Our hearts go out to all of those affected and displaced by the terrible wildfires in Hawaii. Dave and I recently visited Hawaii during the 2023 unfortunate return of the ridiculously self-indulgent ill-advised vanity tour and saw firsthand what a special, wonderful place the islands of Hawaii are and the wonderful people who live there. From all of us here at Dave and Ethan's 2008 Weird Al podcast, we are sending our deepest condolences to the victims and the families and hope that communities can rebuild quickly and stronger. We urge you to donate and support the various charities helping those affected, such as the Red Cross. For information, you can head to redcross.org slash Hawaii. Well, Dave, we somehow managed to not make it through yet another episode without bringing up the whole is Bob a music video or not controversy? Well, I don't see what the controversy is. Bob is clearly not a music video. What? It's got music and it's a video. What else do you need? Well, I don't think we're going to settle this now. I guess we're just going to have to agree to disagree. Do you think we'll ever be able to agree on whether Bob is a music video or not? Well, that depends on whether or not if we can agree if hot dogs are sandwiches or not. Well, I mean, it's a good thought exercise, but really, aren't hot dogs really just in a category of their own? You know, neither sandwich nor not sandwich? Well, I think you're forgetting that this was actually settled way back in 1989. The Bob controversy was? No, no, no. The hot dog controversy. The hot dog controversy? 1989? How so? Weird Al declared it was a sandwich. How easily do you forget the Twinkie Wiener sandwich? That was Dave and Ethan's 2,000-inch Weird Al Podcast, episode 203-inch. Not once did we make a joke about Dan's last name. We have a big no-dick policy.